Writings of Twitch, a little brown book. I've just come back from visiting my friends in their big ship. The girl that looks like me was there too. It would seem that she has filled the position that I had hoped to. Weave is very fond of our armored friend, which seems odd to me. I can sense the blood on his hands. Why can't she? I have hope that Sylvester will come to find good use for me, and I hope my abilities will be honed. I don't want to go back to Amblo, and I don't want to stay in that cage. I wonder if Waka would like his boots red like mine. Are his toes webbed? Does he have toes? Well, I may not know that, but there is one thing that is very clear. I will sing his requiem for him. Okay, so first off, usually I like to break this down and sort of say, last time, this is what happened, but I would actually like to go around the room and have you guys sort of fill us in as to what happened last time. Starting with Ben. Oh, geez. I uh, didn't know there'd be a test. Uh, what a study. <laughs> Get your notes out. Well, um, okay, so the end of the last one, we met Olo, and then the beginning of this one, we were trying to figure out what was going on with with him vis-a-vis -vis the king and he said something about oh boy <laughs> lots of pressure um he said that there that the guy was taking over some brains um including maybe ours and in Time fact out. yeah brandon continue so we were all talking to olo and we couldn't figure out whether we wanted to be on his side or the king's side. Because you can't just go around toppling kings left and right in their own domains. But at the same time, if someone's taken over Brain Sea, that's something that we call bad down in the deeps. So, time out. <laughs> Perry, straight to you. He also mentioned that he was a traveler. He wasn't from these parts. And he was looking for someone uh, and got trapped in this forest and wanted to kill the king and get out. Time. Now, Oswald. We beat the shit out of the king. Um, and then some crazy cowboy guy came and asked us to play a game of cards. A perfect recollection. <laughs> Betwixt the four of us. So usually this is the part where I would break out my western accent, maybe... Uh, roll a cigar, put on a cowboy hat, but we're not actually going to go back to the forest. No, we are going to go back further. Waka, you have been walking on an adventure for a long time. In fact, I would say being under the water, you're used to sand, correct? Yeah. Of course you're used to sand. <laughs> Perhaps much wetter than what you're experiencing now. You're familiar with the feeling of getting sand caught in your clothes, of rubbing against your skin, but it sort of washes off. However, in the heat of the Rada Desert, this sand is clinging to you and sort of scraping against your skin. It offers no respite, no calm. You're trudging forward and forward and forward for days and days, stopping at night where the heat continues, does not subside, and then Getting up when the sun rises so you don't pass away from heat exhaustion to just lying there waiting for the buzzards to come. You continue to walk. Remind me, why were you walking through the Rada Desert? I needed to get answers for uh, Swillow. And do you remember who told you to come to the Rada Desert? No. It was probably some lesser Mac of unknown origin pointed me this direction. Well, that lesser Mac was trying to point you in the direction of the wellsprings of Malin, this sort of oasis in the middle of the, of the desert. But you got maybe sidetracked, maybe poor directions, but you found yourself in the desert for days and days, your skin cracking, complete unpleasantness as you hold up your final canteen. It's sloshing, filled halfway. You look off into the distance. What do you do? Is there any sort of uh, shaded space, maybe beneath a rocky overhang or even the lee of a dune? There is nothing. 
If you look forward, there's nothing looking behind you. There's nothing. The only thing that you see is flat expanse of sand. Maybe we'll just meditate here for a little bit. Gather our strength again. So why don't you meditate, sit down, and roll a wisdom saving throw? Uh, that's a four plus two is six. (laughs) As you're trying to gather your thoughts, as you're trying to sort of calm yourself, you find, rather than turning towards inner peace, you find more turmoil, perhaps anger at the lesser Mac or hopelessness being lost in this desert. But as you open your eyes, you can see out in the distance something that wasn't there before. You see a shape, you see a shadow, and you could swear that you could see water. An oasis in the distance. We're going to head towards that water. You're walking forward for hours and hours and hours, and the oasis still, you haven't arrived. It's still so far away. The sun is slowly stretching across the sky, but it is still daytime. What would one of those land dweller types do? What would their legs? I can tell you one of the things that they'd do. They'd roll a uh, perception check for me. <laughs> Wait, does Waka not have legs? No. Does he just he, flop around? He does his, have legs. His he just, you know, obviously <laughs> land dwellers would be more adept at using them. They probably would have crossed this entire desert already. That is a 15. You feel a rumble. And in fact, the sand is shaking and you are sort of slowly sinking as the world is shaking. And the image in front of you of this oasis is gone, replaced by a hulking mound of sand being pushed back. Something's moving towards you extremely uh, fast as you're sinking down into is, the sand. How fast am I sinking down? If you stand still for like a minute you're probably going to be down to your knees okay so if we keep doing some high stepping we can stay on top of the sand and move out of the way of this uh, sand blob rising up in theory uh this is a very massive sand blob rising up in fact um you would think that if it got close to you it would be probably uh six or seven times how tall you are you can't tell how long. Well, if there's no avoiding it, we're going to try to, if if we can't walk on top of this land, we're going to swim through it. I'm going to see if I can dive into the sand and, and start swimming deeper at it. That, I think that'll be another dexterity saving throw for me. Uh, that is... <laughs> Waka is not good on his own, apparently. That's an eight. This is not like the sand underwater. It does not pack. It does not congeal together. As we already knew, you were sinking. So as you jumped up to dive down, rather than swimming through, you go down and go down and go down and go down and go down. And and you don't stop until suddenly you are in this open area and you look down to see a stone floor approaching at you fast until your head slams against the ground. Sand pouring all over you as you do. But you sit up and after taking four points of damage, which doesn't necessarily matter because this is a (laughs) flashback, you sit up and the first thing that you notice is that this room is cool. It's refreshing. It's relaxing. And the other thing that you notice is that there are wet spots all over your pants and your canteen is cracked under you. That wasn't me. But... Luckily enough, there are pools. These pools filled with water, with lily pads, there are these moss growing up these stone walls. There's ivy hanging down from pillars. It seems that you have sunk into some sort of grave or mausoleum, as in the far side of the room, you can see a very beautiful statue of an orc. This orc woman with an absolutely gorgeous sculpted face standing there looking extremely elegant, if not scared. There are these pools filled with water, and as you look around, you can even see some of these pools even have those algae that you grew up with. At least, they look very similar, this bioluminescent algae. First, I go and throw my face into a pool of water and drink my fill and mop my boo-boo forehead with some nice cool water which one do you drink 
do you drink the one that has the algae or the one that doesn't? Uh, probably the one that has the algae. Okay, let me just write that down. And as you sort of lift your head up and pour this algae-filled water on your head, the wound closes up. As you know, this algae has healing properties, and it's one of the reasons why the Salix transformed from sharks to Salix, to these shark people. And as you continue to just fill your gullet with these just drinkfuls of water, you hear, Did no one ever tell you that it is impolite to desecrate a grave? And you look up, and there's a woman, a tiefling with dark purple skin, her horns flowing backwards with her curly hair that falls below her shoulders. She's wearing a black robe with its flowing and sort of cutting through the sand as, as if awake in the ocean. She sort of leans down against the, um, the pool and thirsty, aren't you? Uh, didn't mean to be a dingus, ma'am. Been up top for quite a while. Uh, where are my manners? Don't mean to be some black-eyed goon. Awakamotipua, at your service. Ah, Awaka. It's a pleasure to meet you. My name is Hux. And she sort of gives a little bow. And you can see on her belt there are these stone-cutting tools. It looks like she's the person who's sort of taking care of this place. How old does the grave appear to be? Like, is there obvious signs of aging on, like, the statue or any of the things around despite having moss on the walls and ivy down on the pillars the statue itself yeah i won't make you roll for this the statue itself is extremely well maintained in fact there are chunks of stone on the bottom of it almost as if she was carving it as you fell in would i happen to know anything in my studies regarding an orc woman of the desert that might be worthy of such a grave or as i look around kind of see any sort of a memorial as to whose grave it is you are more than welcome to roll a history check all right a 12 no one comes to mind but looking at the statue she's gorgeous she looks like like if anyone was to be revered it would be this person and hux actually notices you looking up and says she's beautiful is she not she's one of my finest works you're awfully talented. Thank you, but um, not talented enough, it would seem. And she points up to the eyes. Her eyes are just, they look terrified. Like the rest of her, just so calm, so posed. But her eyes, almost as if someone had jumped out in front of her and she was a deer caught in the headlights. <sighs> she was so close to being perfect. Imperfections take away from beauty. And I only want to capture the most perfect things. And she holds up her chisel straight to the statue's chest and the statue shatters. This one imperfection was enough for her to just destroy this work of art. She heaved a heavy sigh and looks back at you and says, You are quite good looking though. Perhaps I will outlive you. <laughs> she laughs and just sort of uh, bats her hand like clearly letting you know that was a joke and saying, Are you, are you hungry? A uh, little bit of an overreaction. I, I'm sure you could have taken another crack at those eyes. You're being too hard on yourself. But if you can cook half as good as you can carve a statue, you bet I'm hungry. So how about I make a deal with you then? As stated, I believe that you're a fine specimen. So how about I give you food? I give you water. And in fact, I give you something magic, something that I have crafted myself. And she reaches down and pulls out a very ordinary looking canteen. This may look plain, but if you fill this up with water, especially the waters here, it will never go dry. The only caveat is don't leave it unhooked when you're sleeping or else you'll probably drown yourself. And that's a bit of a, you know, I don't think that would bother me none, but I can see where it would be unfortunate to be wasting that much water up, up here on the land. So uh, I give you that, and in exchange, further down the line, obviously not now, but just you give me the opportunity to carve you into stone, just as if I did here, just to capture your strength. So further down the line, of course. You mean just have me model for you a little bit? Of course. I don't 
see how there could be any possible hooks in that. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Then a deal is a deal. And she holds out her hand, the empty hand, to shake yours. I extend like one to two fingers. She shakes it with a big smile and hands you the magic items and says, I believe that one day we will do wonderful things together. And now we are back standing before all of you as you have stepped away from this terrible combat, this absolute bloodbath. First off one, you can hear one of the fawns that didn't get absolutely sucked all of their energy out of them. The one that was separated by the wall, you can hear him groaning with his one hit point uh, out in the corner, just like clutching at his leg, like, Oh, my leg, my leg. (laughs) The new guy sort of shoots him a glance and says, uh, anyway, uh, y'all fancy a game? And he once again fans out his cards. Who are you? Well, now I suppose that my mama would have cursed me to the grave if I forgot my hospitality. Uh, my name is Marlin. It's a pleasure to meet you. Uh, me and my associate, we are adventurers. And uh, we heard that there was something happening in these forests, but uh, looks like y'all covered that. So, just wanted to play a game with y'all. You know, sort of hear the story. I... I don't quite feel up for a game of cards at this moment. Um, if you'll excuse me, and I uh, I walk kind of towards Olo to just kind of check in on him and ignore the, the new guy. Hold, hold on. So I'm going to share my name, and y'all aren't even going to... I understand not wanting to play a play a game right now, but can I at least get the, your name? Like, I don't <laughs> know how your mama raised you, but clearly it's a little bit different than mine. <laughs> I beg your pardon, good sir. My name is Nellaskai. The big one is Wakamotapua. The little one is Perrin. And the middling one is Oswald. As you can see, we have had quite a day and quite an adventure. I don't think any of us are up for cards, but perhaps you can ask the rest of them. Uh, nice no, to meet you. Now, hold sure. on. You said Awaka? <laughs> You're telling me you're the Awaka, and points at Awaka. Awaka I don't know if I'm the, but I'm a. You're the Awaka. All right, all right. Okay, so you're you're definitely going to want to play cards with me. Uh, I'll be right back. And so he runs out to uh, go talk to his friend. I glance down at the drained. Is 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 the king's corpse still there? Or did Olo, like, just absorb yeah, the, the whole thing when he extracted that essence? The corpse is still there. Um, Why don't you roll an investigation check? As I do, so just kind of, as I stare at the corpse there, just kind of say, doesn't necessarily seem like the time and place. And along with Waka's just amazing string of insightful and, uh, you know, all everything else through this entire campaign, that's a natural <laughs> one. So <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's dead. No idea about anything else. You... You can tell he certainly is dead, and his. Upon a little bit of further investigation, you don't look too hard as what you see is sort of disturbing. Uh, he was a centaur, and the lower half, his centaur half, has shriveled up almost as if all of the moisture has been torn from him. So the top half of his body looks very, you know, normal. It almost appears as if he's just sleeping, but the bottom half of his body looks disgusting. That's gross. Nellis Sky, you said you wanted to talk to Olo? Yeah, mostly I think as as a way to just kind of be dismissive of these random-ass newcomers who want to play cards after this battle. Like, <laughs> um, But yeah, I, I guess I walk up to, to, to Olo just to kind of check in. Olo, what has happened here? What is this vial on your wrist? Are you... All right, and what's next for you? What has been done is done. Thank you for not getting in the way. Nellis Guy, you may keep my blessing. And he steps towards the door before turning back and says, Nellis Guy, you have something that is very similar to what I'm looking for. What is it that you are looking for? I'm looking for 
the goddess of the forest. You use something that has a very similar energy to that of a deity. You have it there. And he points at the satchel that holds your spore. Um, I kind of pull it, it just instinctively clutch it tighter and, and turn my body a little bit uh, to pull it away from him. Not like suspiciously, but just very, very instinctively. And say, this this thing that I have is my connection to the host, which I can understand how it could feel to you similar to a goddess. I don't think it is what you seek, but it is what keeps me here and safe and home. May I see it? Yes. Um, and hesitantly, very slowly uh, unwraps it and doesn't doesn't offer it uh, to be held, but, but has it uncovered and, and shown. Okay. It's still close to his body. Great, 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 great. One second. Okay. <laughs> Olo stares at it, and his face is unchanging. His clouded over eye, his sort of resting just look of longing hasn't changed before kneeling down as he's quite taller than you and getting really close to you as he once did he's not looking at the host spore anymore he's looking at you and says what will you do when you outgrow them when your roots grow larger than the tree them and i I look towards my party questioningly sort of shakes his head and then points at the spore how can the leaf outgrow the tree and he puts his hand on Meliskai's sh- shoulder before saying, The tree that bears no fruit deserves the flame. And he stands up and he begins to walk away. And suddenly in that moment, you remember what he said to King Alanathir in his final moments. I am the cleansing flame. As Olo starts to walk out, Marlin starts to walk back in and says, Now hold on there, partner. I think that you're going to want to stay here for this. And Olo keeps walking and Marlin says, Hey there, partner. And puts a hand on Olo's chest and says, I think you're going to want to stay here for this. (laughs) Don't touch that guy. You don't want to mess with him. And Olo stops and looks at him and looks over his shoulder at all of you. And he waits. I'm scared. You wouldn't be able to tell if you hadn't spent all this time with him, but it almost looks like he's smiling as he very, ever so gently (laughs) puts a hand on Marlin's hand and moves it away before walking out into the night. What a jackass. Oh, my God. (laughs) All right. So, uh, oh, okay. And France. Uh... We're going to play a game here, and uh, j- just a real quick one, just a real quick one. So here, here, let me present the stakes. So my friend over there, uh, she's dealing with some stuff right now. Uh, she makes a lot of magical items. You see, I know that y'all sort of did all the work here, but I kind of need to get a name for myself, for my corporation. Uh, or corporation's the bad word, not a good word for it. Uh, organization, that's a little bit better. So here's what I'm hoping to do. We play a game. And if I win, you tell me exactly how y'all did it, what the solution was. I go and I say that I did it, yada, yada, yada. I get the merit. You got all the cash, of course. Uh, But if you win, y'all get a brand new uh, magic item. Uh, We have a few choices, so it's not like you're going to get screwed over, like getting a a pen that always comes back to your pocket pocket or something (laughs) garbage like that. Um, You're going to get something real good. So how about about we... uh, play yeah i've already gotten more magic items today <laughs> than i've owned in my entire life <laughs> is it are y'all gonna play or am i just gonna be looking here like a like a buffoon shuffling these cards is this deal or no deal <laughs> <laughs> before i answer him can i just like go over to the corpse of the king and see if there's any like thing i want off of his body. Yeah, why don't you roll a, uh, just roll a flat d20 for me. I was interested in the king's spear, but that exploded before he died, so. Yeah, let me just, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Just nature stuff real quick. <laughs> That's a 14. 
So you obviously the did not find the spear as that exploded into several pieces, but you did find a rather large shard of the spear. Um, I believe I had said that it was an onyx spear. Um, so you see a shard of onyx that's about, um, let's just say, two, three inches tall, or two, two to three inches long. Um, it is very sharp to the touch, so you have to wrap it up in a bit of linen, a bit of just sort of torn cloth off of the body. Other than that, uh, he has some rings on his finger, but trying to pull them off, they are very stuck. Mm, is it? I don't think I would care much about rings unless I think they're magical. Uh, so I'll probably would just leave them there, and then I'll go. I'll go back to the guy and ask him, "What sort of games did you have in mind?" Just a simple card game, you know, nothing too fancy. Um, I'm sure y'all are familiar with the classics, such as uh, poker, such as uh, connect. The dots, you know, uh, party, bu- uh, party fawns, stuff like that, you know, just uh, just the normal, ordinary, everyday games. Where I'm from, we don't have any cards, so you'll have to show me the way. And he goes and he waves the the cards in front of him and says, "But here's the thing: is uh, I play the way the games I like to play. We need a uh, six players. So I got myself, I got uh, my friend out there, and then the four of you." Uh, you all wanting to play? I can't speak for them. Yeah, I think we all probably like look around a little bit. Maybe we convene or something, but yeah, I think Nellis guy says I don't feel in the mood for games and I am content with my merits, but I will put it to a vote. Perhaps we can all come to an agreement one way or the other. I need this merit more than I need some kind of trinket. And what are your thoughts, Oswald? I just need to get back to my shop. <laughs> <laughs> well, it seems that we have two no's, one yes, and one wanting to leave here. I guess that's a no. <laughs> it seems three against one uh, parent and poker playing friend. I am afraid your luck has run dry, huh? Hmm. Very amusing. You know, I I do gotta say, though, and he sort of holds up his cards almost as if, like, in between uh, his fingers, sort of like picturing you in a a frame. Hmm. Ah, never mind. Uh, you, uh, you all take care, then. If y'all don't wanna, don't wanna play, I guess I can't force ya or nothing. Uh, just, uh, real quick, y'all going back into town? I'm I I ain't going back there. I'm I'm just wondering for the sake of my own curiosity. Uh, if you are, there's actually um a favor y'all could do for me. It there's <coughs> excuse me, nothing negative for you. It's just if uh if you could tell uh the biggest Mac that I I lost a bet. If we uh get back to him, we'll be sure to let him know, chum. Sounds good. Uh, y'all having a mighty fine night. All right. Uh, I'm assuming I'm just probably going to stay here and uh, warm up by the fire. And he starts flipping some playing cards through his fingers and sits down next to the corpse, next to the giant fire. We all ready to 32 skidoo out of here? Right behind you. I assume you mean leave. And yes, I am quite ready. You all walk out and you see there is um, a horse with a hooded figure sitting on the horse. And she looks over and clicks her tongue and says, Awaka, you look exactly how you used to. Is that uh, Hux? Throws her hood back very dramatically and says, Yes, the one and only, the one and only. Um, I take it that you did not want to play any card games with my uh, unusual friend? It didn't seem like the right time for it. Hmm. I was very much hoping that you'd say that. Um, I'm sure that he did tell you, though, that there would be, um, some trinkets, and she pats. There's a massive, like, chest being dragged by this horse, and she pats the back of the horse that sort of shakes its butt, and you can look back and see this massive chest being dragged. You know, I could tell you what was at odds. You know, obviously, you aren't 
you're not going to play, but I could just tell you what you could have won. The only, the only, um, strings I'm going to say is that after I show you, you're not going to be able to play until the next time we see you. Are you following us around or something? <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't dream of it. I'm just assuming that our paths are going to be crossed. Remember, you still owe me a statue. So eventually, we're going to run into each other. Well, I suppose that's true, because it's not really the best time for me to stand around modeling for a uh, statue right now, neither. But if you want to come back to the village with us, uh, you might have some time to do it then. Well, I unfortunately don't have the stone. Is that a no on checking my inventory? Like I said, there's no negatives. And I, unlike Marlin, am not one for stupid games. I'm more of the stupid prizes type of person. I hate to interrupt. Who exactly are you? Oh, <laughs> I apologize. My name is Hux. And the tiefling steps down and holds out her hand to shake each one of your hands and then does a little bit of a bow and says, And I am an artificer. Or uh, sort of. I'm a mist. I'm an artificer. I'm an alchemist. I'm a little bit of a jack of all trades. I met her in the desert once a little while back. Helped me out of a sandy spot. <laughs> oh, you're amusing. Sandy spot, I see what you did there. Is there any way that I can, like, do some kind of check to see if she's actually what she says she is? Being an artificer myself, would I be able to tell? Or Insight. Or you can use an arcana check. Because uh, all artificers have... You know how you have your magic tools? All artificers would have those tools. With the exception of those who have fun magic tattoos and oh other gosh, things. Magic tattoos? OMG, I got a 16. You can sense the magic off of the artificer tools on her belt there are uh, a number of them and one of the largest one is there's a stone chisel that is sort of lying against her thigh i feel like this lady wants to make fun little decorations out of all of us and i'm not here for it <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if anyone else is getting that vibe but yeah i figured creepy. that <laughs> the person the the statue was a person before they were a statue and um that's the impression i'm getting so far so we'll find Y'all out can roll insight checks too <laughs> yeah yeah I'll sure roll we'll roll insight Let's okay well i got a five so i don't know jack 13 <laughs> i got a nine five a nine 13 13 I've already met her, so I don't need to insight check her. So with a 13, she's not lying to you. She's giving you the opportunity to look at her wares. Like she said, though, she wouldn't be selling them. She's just going to show you, if you played the game, this is what you could have gotten. But if you play the game next time that we interact with you, these items might be there. They might not be. Uh, I, I would think Perrin is curious because he doesn't really uh, get out much. <laughs> Waka is also curious because the surface has all kinds of wondrous, neat things, and I've gotten magic items from her before that have panned out well so far, assuming my canteen has not run out of water yet. Nope, and it probably won't for a minute. Oswald is standing um, at an uncomfortable distance away from the person, trying to um, avoid eye contact with his arms crossed. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm with Anelis uh, guys with Oswald. So Perrin will go up to her and uh, ask her, It seems like you've been to a couple different places. I am curious about what you have. Also curious if you've seen any halflings resembling me. Resembling you? Yes, I'm looking for one in particular. And who might that be? Well, I don't know what she'll go by these days, but uh, like I said, she looks like me. Let me see. An unnamed halfling who looks like you. Why don't you all take a look at my wares and I will think on it. And she's sort of like, she's leaning up against the chest as she opens it and sort of is stroking her chin genuinely in thought. Do I need to pick Perrin up so that he can see up into the horse? <laughs> Get in there myself. <laughs> Shall I find you a box? Well, let me let me tell you what they got. So... There's currently three items in the chest. One of them is called the Red Ribbon. It's um, a ribbon thought to be worn by a high-ranking officer on another end of the world. It grants one to quote-unquote magic defense. So anytime someone casts a spell on you, you would have a higher save or um, you'd take one less damage. 
There's the Mail of Thorns, a set of armor that will deal an additional 1d4 damage to grappled opponents, but will deal 2d4 damage to the wielder if the grapple fails. And then there's the Spell Slinger, an arm crossbow with six bolts. I'm sorry, a hand crossbow with six bolts, each inscribed with the lesser firebolt cantrip. Oh, time's up. And she closes the chest and says, I actually do believe I know what you're talking about. Um, There was someone who I knew that was going to pick up a dress for someone. Oh, who was it for? Where was it? I believe it was somewhere around here. That would have been a week and a half ago is when he picked up this dress. A halfling named, named, oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. It's a color. It's, and she's sort of like tapping her head and saying, I don't want to tell her anything. I don't know who she is. Roll a procession. Oh, okay. Hold on. That's terrible. 10. She's tapping her head, like trying to remember. So you don't remember her name, but what about this other person? Oh, that would be uh, a dwarf fellow. His name's Henrin. Haven't seen him, have you? In a minute, no. I mean, I saw him a week ago. Uh, he said that he was having trouble getting in the forest and um, actually asked me to help him get into the forest. We're not friends by any means, but think of us more as associates. So he didn't get in? Into the forest? No, he's trying to use some magic to get in. But this, I told him a thousand times that this forest was absolutely just swashed with walls. There was no way that he was getting in. Did he say where he was uh, going to try next? No, he was just going to keep trying to come in here so that he could get the merit and then go and finish his little project, right. whatever it was. Well, I appreciate whatever information you can give. If you think of anything else, feel free to let me know. Mm, yes, I'm sure that we'll cross paths again someday. And she sort of hops back on her horse and says, Marlin, are you quite finished in there? And you hear, almost. And says, I would advise you all to leave before he comes out. Um, not because he's going to do anything nefarious. It's just, it gets quite dull speaking with him when he talks about his stupid little card games. Um, If I could go back in time and have a, a contemporaneous conversation with Oswald while they are talking. For sure, for sure, for sure. Um, okay, so just right after they go to look at the wares, I just I kind of walk over to Oswald and uh, say, quite quite a day so far. Hey, Oswald. You're telling me. I know this is an artificer here, and I know you are an artificer as well, but forgive me, I do not know much of your craft. What are some things that you are Artifice? Art... <laughs> Again, excuse me. Uh, what are some of the things that you craft magically? At least for me, at my shop, I fix magic uh, items that people bring to me, and I create things for myself mostly, but a lot of the stuff I do has to do with um, paper. As for this woman, I can't quite get a read on her. I, I've tried, but I know she has the tools. It just... I can't tell if her intentions are good or not. Yes, I am quite taken aback by the timing and the perhaps lack of taste that is shown given the timing and I don't know, this whole thing just strikes me as a little strange. But I do have a question for you, Oswald. As you know, perhaps by now, this thing that I carry, this spore, I have it wrapped in... Uh, well, I have it wrapped... Mm, fairly uh, unceremoniously in cloth and this spore that I hold is something very dear to me and something that I want to protect but at the same time it can be a little bit uh, inconvenient to hold as I currently hold it I am just curious if you think that perhaps you could craft something for me that would mm, keep it safe while also making perhaps perhaps allowing me to hold it uh you know on the edge of uh, on the end of a staff or, or or some way that i can hold it more conveniently as now while also allowing me to better channel my my power through it i i don't know if that does not make any sense to you please let me know uh, but i am just curious if that is something that you could do i believe that i could do that for you and i would love to 
after seeing how Olo eyed your spore, it kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I'd be worried to see something happen to it, so I'd love to help. Thank you very much. When we go back to the village, perhaps we can discuss it further. And then Oswald just kind of nods and does an awkward thumbs up. (laughs) I mirror the thumbs up. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode five of the Realm of Magic. Hope that you've been enjoying the arc so far. And today I'm going to be interviewing Brandon, a.k.a. Waka. Um, I, you would think that after so much time that I'd still be able to, you know, enunciate, pronunciate your your name, but I'm still not there yet. That's OK. Honestly, I don't know that I pronounce it the correct way either, but uh, we're we're just going with it. Well, that actually perfectly segments into what I was going to ask you. Um, how did this name come about? This you say like, oh, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it correctly. Is it is it from something? Did you did you look up something, or was this off the top of your head? So when making Waka, I was trying to think of what kind of names a shark person might have, uh, since Steve didn't seem like a, a very likely thing, and what kind of culture the depths might have, and all that. Uh, and honestly, since I have a toddler and we watch Disney movies pretty frequently, um, the image of, uh, in the movie Moana, uh, when Maui is like half shark, half man, uh, came into my head and I was like, you know, something with like Maori tribes, people, Polynesian culture seems like it would fit really well. Uh, and also with him being a tiger shark, I thought the idea of, uh, him having, stripes all over his body somewhat akin to the maori tattoos would be really interesting uh and so i just googled maori names and after going down that rabbit hole for a while came across an article from i think the 1800s containing just hundreds and hundreds of hundreds of uh, tribes people's names that they had just written down so I just looked through them until I found one that I liked that seemed suitably complicated, <laughs> and, and the rest <laughs> is history. Well, I love the name, and I love the uh, playstyle that you have. Um, something that I don't know if you have gone out and like outright said is the way that you're playing Waka, the sort of pacifist, or as you put it, pacifish route. How has that made it complicated for you in the party? I know that the party isn't exactly a group of murder hovos, but like, how have you found that you're able to solve issues without killing someone? So thankfully that hasn't been an issue for us yet. Uh, and the reason I decided to go a sort of pacifist, pacifist route, uh, obviously I did it just for the pun uh, to begin with, but uh, thinking of having, you know, this big shark man who's also a martial artist, uh, went into the lines of like judo and the gentle like wrist locks and things and thought you know maybe i could be kind of a crowd control uh grappling martial artist and um thankfully in dungeons and dragons they have the ability that you can just say hey if i reduce this guy to zero hp i don't want to kill him i just want him to be knocked unconscious and uh, we haven't gotten into too many overly violent encounters yet Uh, so i think it was just really the time with the wolves uh where i had to make sure i was pulling my punches enough that i wasn't going to actually kill someone or just make sure i say hey i'm not stabbing it with the pointy end of my spear Uh, and so it hasn't been too hard yet but we'll see where the story takes us and what what happens in the future And speaking of the future, I, I suppose maybe looking back on the past, um, when you first first created this character, did you have a different image of how you're currently playing Waka? So as far as how I'm playing him, not necessarily because I just sort of let the character evolve on his own uh, as I'm doing things and, and let their personality come out um i think the biggest thing that's been different from what i would have originally envisioned is the way that i do his voice uh i did not intend for him to be like a 
Italian gangster mafia sounding kind of, you know, <laughs> street tough um, kind of kind of thing uh, that you'd hear from like the 1920s or 1930s. But uh, it happened that way. And hopefully I've been uh, sticking to the same vocal change through all the episodes. And I'm not just bouncing around between voices and accents uh, too noticeably. Uh, so hopefully that's been consistent. But yeah, that that was not intentional at the beginning, but it's how he is now <laughs> i think it's for sure consistent which i mean you're talking to me i i changed the voice of a character like three times in a recording so you're <laughs> you're, you're fine um and doing very well with it so this is your your last one it's a little bit of a uh, surprise pop quiz but what would you say outside of like the party what is your character's favorite memory Ooh, um character's favorite memory would probably probably be um when he actually went to the academy in valheim i think is the uh town there um just kind of right uh not in the surface yet but not quite the depths uh but you know going to the academy really getting to study the surface that he's so passionate about and and wanted to know so many different things about um and even to the point where he caught Swillow's eye, uh, I, I think would have been just a, a really important and fond memory of his. Well, thank you so much, Brandon, for coming on in. Do you have any uh, any final notes for everyone? Uh, I guess just thank you all for uh, taking the time to listen uh, and enjoy the story with us. And we really appreciate it. And uh, I just hope that everyone has as much fun as we do. Everyone, it's time to get right back into the action. As Brandon said, thank you for listening. I'm assuming that Waco or Perrin sort of waved the pair over as you all <laughs> scurry out. And you can hear Marlin saying, Oh, come on, Hux. I was really hoping for a game. And you can just hear him complaining and complaining. He really wanted to play a game with y'all. But you guys are walking back through the forest and you're hearing a lot of people. You're hearing chattering. You're hearing the sound of metal, scraping metal, marching. And in fact, as you're walking through, suddenly barging through these bushes, you see this extremely buff looking centaur with two very old looking gnomes riding him, holding up these tiny knives, but to them fairly massive as they shout this battle cry as they run to where you just came from seemingly thinking oh this is their time for glory unfortunately they are a bit too late and as you all walk out through the forest you don't have to go through any of the traps or any of the labyrinth you just simply walk it's almost as if this path has been opened for you and you all leave and you find yourself walking back towards the town in the distance, you hear some wolves howling, reminiscent of your trip there. You hear some birds chirping as the sun is peeking up over the edge of the mountainside. Well, hills, more realistically. To you, Perrin, they're certainly not mountains, as you know what a real mountain looks like. There's a stillness, a quiet, a peace. I think the party hasn't, you know... Like, we've all kind of been thrown into this, and this is the first time of, like, where we don't feel pressure to, like, be somewhere fast or solve something. And so I think there would be a lot more natural conversation. Like, I think that Oswald and I are, are talking about that thing, but also at the same time, just kind of giving our, our backstories and histories. Well, I'll say that um, it can be fairly apparent to the rest of the group, but Oswald uh, would definitely at this point have gotten a bit more open and relaxed with the party that he's in since they have essentially solved the quote-unquote figured out what they needed to do and now he's finally able to go home and he's made some new friends out of the out of the um situation i'll say that walk is potentially even a little uncharacteristically quiet you know for him to be surrounded by surface dwellers who represent an immense amount of information that, that he can glean from them um, he's not really taking the opportunity. He's more 
thinking back on everything that they've done today from encountering Willem to a, a king of the forest now being dead not by any of their hands but not not by their hands <laughs> and and whether or not that's a good or a bad thing um and you know just kind of reflecting and and maybe even having a, a personal realization that the world is a lot bigger and a lot more complex when you're in it rather than looking at it from outside or through a book. Uh, I do think that I uh, and Alice Guy would also walk up to Wakamotipua and ask about Hux. Wakamotipua, who, who was this woman Hux that you ran into and how have you run into her before? Also, forgive if I pry too much, but I wonder how long you have been among land dwellers. I know it is not a common thing for people such as yourself to be here on the surface. Waka's a little bit shaken out of his own headspace, but perfectly happy to engage with the questions and kind of leans down while he walks, since guys are so short, and <laughs> kind of says, well, Hux was a, a lady that uh, helped me out. I was in the desert on my way, traveling up this way quite a while ago, and this desert, I must have been lost, or I, I don't know. It, it seemed like it just went on forever. I encountered her at a uh, grave that she was building for someone, and uh, she gave me this magic canteen, that never runs out of water, which is a pretty handy thing to have. She thought that I looked pretty dashing, I guess, so wants me to model for her sometime, make a statue of me, I guess, if she ever needs a shark grave decorated or something. I don't know. I'm sure it's not ever going to be an important or anything that I would ever regret. I've been traveling on land here for about three years now, ever since Queen Yuri died. It was kind of a shock to our people, since I know more about the surface dwellers than most other people. Uh, they figured to send me up and get some answers, but so far, not too many people want to talk about it or give me any info, so I figure if I get enough merit, I can uh, get some answers, or if I have to, get enough to become king myself, and then they'll have to tell me. <laughs> yes, I suppose no one could stand in your way at that point. What about you, my little fungal friend? <laughs> uh, now this guy laughs a little bit at that. Well, in one sense, I have been here on this earth for a very, very long time, and yet, in another sense, I have only been here for a handful, less than a handful of years, only... Four years have I been away from the host, and so I don't know if you know anything of my kind, but the way that, that we think and know and remember and learn and grow is, is very unique, I think, to the people of this world in that I can remember the times that I was one with the host, still separate, still the same, still not myself, but, but truly myself in a way that... I, it's hard to express. I remember the times, I remember hearing and feeling and remembering and learning from my my siblings when they would commune with with me, with us, with the host. And and yet I cannot remember. It is it is a very strange thing to have thousands and millions of memories that are not mine, and yet know that there are millions and trillions of memories that I don't have and yet I cannot I cannot well distinguish them in my mind I, I know what what are my memories since I have come from the host but before this time it is all very like a dream as as one wakes from a dream and cannot remember anything but then perhaps sees the reflection and and remembers a portion of the dream it is like this with with the host and and so it is yeah, it is very strange a uh, strange thing to be myself to be me to be someone who is different from the host and yet it is very freeing and new and and i am i am so thankful for that the host has allowed me this opportunity to to be my own self and to to learn and grow and and to bring my own memories back to the host when I commune. I know this is a, a long answer to your question, uh, which I, I suppose was how long I have been here, uh, which is 
four years since I have since I have been my own fungal self. I gotta say, chum, that was really confusing. <laughs> <laughs> you are telling me I have to live this. You only have to hear it. That just makes me wonder if you got these millions and trillions of memories that aren't yours. Is that the dream? Or is this the dream? No, this guy stops walking and his eye, their eyes go wide. <laughs> Existential crisis. <laughs> no, oh no, oh no. And suddenly, cutting through the night, you see a bluebird that just... <laughs> just like... It goes and swoops down and goes, chirp, 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 chirp. No. <laughs> Roll for initiative, I'm biting this bird. Does does Philip suddenly leap up and in time with the chirps go meet me meet me? Oh my gosh, I forgot I had him. He's like, why is my shoulder always wet? You <laughs> always forget about Philip. Poor Philip. He's so neglected. <laughs> poor you need, to, you need to build some sort of magical house for poor Philip. I do. See, Oswald's just so unaware of his surroundings at all times. It's just it's natural for him to not to not know what's going on. So you all get into town as the sun is rising up a little bit. Let's say it's about six o'clock in the morning. So you all can smell this freshly baked bread, the smoke pouring through the chimney of the bakery. As they are hard at work, you can see the doors being thrust open as this uh, very tired looking human walks out and sort of rubs their eyes and says, okay, 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 walks just away. And you can see... There are these chickens that are clucking around. There are these goats running about as the rest of the village is rather quiet, but it's starting to wake up. You can see the shortbread and the lights are, of course, still on. In the distance, you can see a strange looking building that had once not been familiar to Oswald, but now you all know as Sylvester's store. Everything is in order, but it's extremely quiet, which is odd. Just, what, a few days ago is when you left? Yesterday? This city had been a hustle and bustle of people. On the way out, other than the warriors that you had seen rushing past you, which I'd say you probably saw 20, 30, you didn't see any on the road. And you don't see any tents, you don't see any hustle and bustle. It's a quiet village. Oswald, in fact, it is more quiet than it ever is, as you would know, since you all would know, the production of the paper hasn't been been going fully because we haven't been receiving more logs. So this is the quietest that this village has ever been, with a few clucking hens, a few bleeding goats, and the sounds of wooden shutters being opened and doors swinging open. Is this like a problem? Like, would Oswald register this as an issue? Is that the vibe? Or is it just peaceful? No, this is... Okay. This is just unusual. It's extreme, like more peaceful than Oswald's ever experienced it because usually it's a hustle and bustle. Okay, he's probably like living his best life right now then. <laughs> oh, it's so quiet. <laughs> Finally. Rolla steps out and looks at all of you and goes, Oh, d um, it, you're back. Please, please, come in, come in. And he waves you into the inn and every single one of you, he gives you a big bear hug and says, I... I am so glad to see you back here. And he goes and he fills up tankards with ale, with water. He puts bread in front of you, meat, eggs cooked. He just starts whipping up a storm and he has this big grin on his face and says, I am so happy that you have returned. You've been gone for, what, three weeks? Did you vanquish? I mean, you're back, so surely you've done something, correct? Three weeks? Three weeks? Weeks? <laughs> yeah you've been gone for three weeks and oswald when when you say weeks he looks at you and says where's where's sarai i was just about to ask you that sarai said she was going to find you about a week ago did did you not meet her no, I, I haven't seen her since we left yesterday. What do you mean she came to help us a week ago? You left three weeks ago. You've been gone. No, that for can't three... be right. You've you're, been you're wrong. Longer. 
longer than three weeks, maybe three and a half at this point. I'm going to say Oswald looks the most like this is the most emotion that he's shown on his face since anyone's met him. And he's going to look very scared and just kind of goes silent and just sits there for a second. Sarai's garments has been closed for over a week. She left and said she was going to find you and come back. If if you haven't found her, maybe she's out on the road. Um, you didn't see anyone on the road? I would have known if I saw Sarai. When exactly did she leave? A week ago from today. What did she bring with her? Uh, a, sword, a short sword. I gave her my buckler. Anything to last her more than a few days? Uh, obviously supplies, of course. Some food, some water. Well, I- I'm going after her. I can't just sit here while knowing she's still out there somewhere. And then Oswald just kind of gets up, leaves everything behind, and starts to head towards the door. Ch- check Sarai's garments here. And he pulls out a key and says, oh, sorry, I forgot. You have one. Never mind. Yes, uh, do you want me to pack up your food? He just doesn't answer and walks out the door. Oh, okay. Um, you all are more than welcome to eat. Uh, yeah, now this guy says... If you could please pack up his food and some additional provisions. He seems distressed. Ernaliska looks to the other two and says, I feel like I I will go with him. The two of you, would you like to join or stay? I feel like we kind of got him into this mess, so I'm with you, chum. Yeah, I I definitely started eating something, so I just finish what I'm eating. I stuff some food in my pockets, I say. (laughs) All right, let's go. Uh, as you walk out, um, Rolla hands you a big old turkey leg to go. Oh, <laughs> I just yank it. I say, Thanks. <laughs> and I take a bite as I'm walking out the door. As we're walking out the door, Nellis guy turns around and says, uh, we will pay you for the food uh, when we get back. You will do no such thing. And he shuts the door on you. <laughs> Side question. With the... Uh... Adventurers Guild and giving out the merit and whatnot, is there like a specific building or place we need to check in to like prove that everything's done? Yes. There, so in larger, uh, medium and larger sized cities, usually there is an Adventurers Guild. Um, I believe there's a guild here. However, you interacted with the elf in the actual uh, inn, so, or I mean, in the bar, in the tavern, so that's you can probably assume that that's where you're going to have to go uh, and talk to the biggest Mac as well. Should we like split up and have like someone go talk to the biggest Mac while the rest of us prepare for our impromptu journey to save or look for Sarai? I think that uh, Oswald's just going first to Sarai's garments. Yeah, I would feel more connected trying to look for Sarai as I'm also looking for someone. And I don't really care about merit or know anything about that. So Perrin would follow after Oswald. Waka wouldn't necessarily be trying to do that right now with with this sudden development of three lost weeks and whatnot. But I was just more double checking if that was something that we need to make sure that we do uh, for my own knowledge and whatnot. But uh, very good. And uh, follow to try to catch up with Oswald. Okay, so you all get to Sarai's and turn that key, open the door, and everything looks normal. Nothing's been overthrown, nothing's been overturned. Oswald, what do you do? Oh, did they catch up with me before I got there? Yeah. Okay. Um, I guess first I'll walk to the back, mm-hmm. and I'll just start trying to call out for her. Okay. Silence. Nothing. Uh, you even know um, <clears throat> the secret it. compartment to the basement where where you know what happens, um, which I, I can say, just because that's a little incriminating, uh, where she makes all of her jam. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, that sounds kind of... <laughs> yeah, sorry, yeah. <laughs> kind of <laughs> shady. Yeah. Wink, so, wink. Yes, Oswald and Sarai are the only people who know, but Sarai actually has like this sort of secret jam-making... Um, business where she goes and sells this jam under the cover of night no one knows it's her it's like her big secret even though it's not that big of a deal but it is the best jam you're ever going to taste however there's no jam there's no preserves and there's no sarai oh my gosh as you're looking around though you're more than welcome to roll an investigation and perception i was just about to do that did we get there yet or no? Yes, you all are follow okay, so close yeah. behind. Well, I'll, so we, we pick which one we want? Or should we do for both? Um, Either one. Well, I, I'll i roll for investigation, and I rolled a 17. That will be enough. At first glance, not much was out of the ordinary. But as you walk from the back, 
Oswald, you see the countertop from a different angle. And you see six playing cards laid neatly in a row. Five of them with writing and the sixth blank. It's a poem with a line written on each card and the last one a signature. Such beauty locked away without display in this tiny town. Such a shame not to dance, a simple glance worn a wedding gown. A seamstress known away from home with my sincerest regards. Such beauty held her fear was quelled, hidden in my cards. With love, Marlon Marigold.